Welcome to Give and Take. It's the podcast where yours truly, Scott Jones, talks with artists, authors, theologians, political pundits, media people, and assorted others about the lens through which they experience life. My guest is Darren Mormon. Darren grew up passionate for film and media and began acting at the age of 19. Over the years, he found his true calling to producing and ventured out to L.A. to continue pursuing his dreams. Within two years of being in Hollywood, he produced his first feature film, All Over Again, starring Craig T. Nelson and Academy Award nominee Robert Logia. His latest film production project, Same Kind of Different as Me, premieres October 20th and stars Renee Zellweg, John Voigt, Dijman Honsu, and Greg Kinnear. We had a great conversation about the film and filmmaking. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I give you Darren Mormon. Darren, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, great to be with you. I appreciate it. Now, you are a film producer, which I think to most people sounds like a pretty glamorous exciting, you know, something that's like, you know, they're thinking, you know, something off of an HBO special or something. So I'm sure your life is as glamorous as people's stereotypes of entertainment executives and producers are, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, what's the difference between uh, yes, fact and uh, fiction there? You know, like for, for you know, what, what's the difference between what people think it, it's yeah. like and what it is? Uh, so, uh, so, so look, um, uh, the fact is uh, when we uh, have our movie premiere on the 12th of October uh, for the same kind of difference as me, uh, that night will be unbelievably amorous. Uh, but the, uh, all of the years leading up to that have been far, far, far from glamorous. Uh, just, you know, in getting this film made and, and all that, all that it takes to, to tell a story and do it in the right way, um, and pull those things together. Uh, all that is just hard work. Um, you know, it's what, it's what I love to do. It's, it's far from glamorous though. And this has been a project for you, a, a passion project for a while, right? I mean, this is, this film has been a, 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 a long story in the making, right? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's. You know, I'm I'm not the first guy to ever talk about movies taking ten years to get made, uh, but I read the book ten years ago and was so uh, deeply moved by the story uh, and said I have to make this into a film. And so, lots and lots of twists and turns and ups and downs have led to this uh, to this film opening on October twentieth, uh, two thousand seventeen. So, but it is it is for sure been a passion project of mine. And I'm excited to uh, for it to come out and, and see how audience loves it. You know, it's interesting. Scorsese had this kind of long saga, you know, story of, of getting silence made. Also a film with deep themes that resonate with faith and hope and suffering. And I think it took decades for him to get that yeah. film that he wanted to make. Is it is it as someone who is uh, uh, someone who is a Christian, right, in the entertainment industry, is that... Is it harder to get films made that tell stories uh, that have religious themes? Uh, well, first of all, it's just hard to get movies made. Period. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's let's not uh, let's let's not pull any punches here. Movies are just hard to get made, and for them to get made well and and to get made uh, at a studio level um, with great talent, uh, they're hard. Period. Uh, you know, but I, I do think that 
um, you know, the, the industry, the, the entertainment industry as a whole, uh, you know, they, they don't necessarily celebrate these kind of films. And so it may be make it a, a slightly, you know, tougher uphill challenge. But at the end of the day, uh, making movies is hard. But uh, for those of us that love to do it, it's uh, it's what drives us and to tell great stories. And did you so you said when you first read this book several years ago that you were captivated. You're, I've got to make this film. Did you get to know the Ron and Denver? I mean, did you did you? Have you become acquainted with them since since the reading it? I mean, have you built a relationship with them? Yeah. So uh, uh, Denver, unfortunately, has passed away. Passed away a few years ago. Uh, but um, both my wife and I got a chance to go down um, uh, and and spend the day with Ron in Denver. And um, and I had met Ron on a couple occasions beforehand. But we got a chance to go down and spend the day with Ron in Denver. And uh, I got to tell you. You know, as a as a film producer, you're going in and you want to you want to win over the deal. You want to be the guy that that, that that can go get this done. But in sitting with Denver, uh, it was so moving just to hear him talk and to hear hear him share stories. And uh, that unfortunately, uh, what when I went in as a sort of a business guy, and uh, that hat came off pretty quickly because I'm I'm like looking for the box of Kleenex as he's telling stories, and I'm I'm, I'm over weeping, um, and I look over it, and my wife is weeping, and so uh, I was like, they'll never allow us to make this movie. Oh, we we look, uh, you know we're just blubbering uh, all over their couch, but uh, but yeah, it was a real honor to to uh, get to know Denver a little bit, and of course with Ron, I've uh, been on this journey a long time with him, so so n- know him very well. Yeah, and for people that don't know the story of the book, which is a New York Times bestseller, but you have this this couple whose marriage is on the rocks. Uh, you know, for, right in the beginning of the film, we find that out pretty quickly, and they get involved yeah. in the lives of the homeless. Most people would have quit <laughs> where, where they were at, and they don't quit. And his wife, you know, Ron's wife, feels drawn to this homeless mission, and they befriend this homeless African American guy, Denver. And it's the story of this amazing relationship. And you know what I, I was, as I was watching it, I was thinking, I don't know what city this is. I don't know what political party anybody is. I don't know what region of the country it is. And yet it's one of the most real stories of just of a universal human story of, of, of suffering, of hope, of love, of, of understanding. And it was, and it's so interesting because in a, in a cultural moment where we're, we're, we are just demographic, you know, making every new demographic, what part are you, what region of the country or the coast versus the middle? This just, it's felt like a, a really universalizing human story. Yeah. And, and you know what, it's really what drew me to the project. Uh, you know, I hadn't seen a film, you know, put on the big screen where, where there's forgiveness uh, you know, it's like that. typically you, you have your, you have your, your, your movies that hey, somebody has an affair and, and then there's a divorce and it's, Hey, what do we do with the kids and how does life unravel from there and us, and then put the pieces back together. But you know, really the, the thing for me that was so powerful is the fact that, uh, she forgave him and that, that really started this incredible journey for, for all three of them, for, uh, Ron and Debbie and, in Denver. Yeah. And what, I mean, the, the reality I think that the film brings out too, is that a lot of times I think we, we, we approach life like, okay, if you will shape up, I'll forgive you. 
And of course, people feel like they're under Damocles' sword. But what she leads with forgiveness, and, and that leading with forgiveness actually is what brings about the transformation. You know, it's not like she has a conditional kind of contract on the front end. She just kind of unconditionally uh, stands by her man in this way that actually it's sort of like Jean Valjean or something in Les Miserables with the priest and sort of purchasing. She kind of buys his soul in this. And, And yet also it seems like it seems like she's been distant in the marriage, too. I mean, she doesn't come off as blameless. Uh, I mean, she 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 sort of owns probably some deterioration of the bond on her own end. Yeah, there, there's no doubt uh, that I think you, you you stated it correctly. This film, I, I hope everyone will receive it as an authentic story with authentic characters. Uh, because yeah, De- Debbie Debbie had her own flaws, and and Ron had many. Uh, you know, and we, we pick up Denver in the middle of his story and he's, uh, he's a broken, uh, you know, human being because life is just, uh, you know, beat him up. And so, um, but it's just a reminder that, that, that every life matters. And, and when you, when you can do, do things and care about people and unconditionally love that it, it changes everything. Yeah. You know, one of the things, too, that I thought was um, just so powerful in the film was that this there's a line. I don't want to give away too much that but somewhere in the film that Denver says, you know, whether we're rich or poor, you know, whoever we are, we're all homeless and looking for home. Right. And I yeah, especially in a consumer culture. Right. It's oh the goalposts are always moving, you know. No matter what you achieve, there's a bigger achievement. Yeah. Or and, and so yeah. and so everybody does feel like they're wandering, and and you do see this homecoming that, that when people kind of turn away from themselves in the film, in the worst sense, and they turn to the pain of others, they actually not only get the joy of helping others, but they actually learn how to love themselves. Yeah. Now that that's, that's so wise. Uh, yeah. There, yeah. That's de- definitely one of Denver's uh, uh, sayings that you know we're all homeless working our way home. You know, it's just it's just the idea from 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 his perspective that uh, there there are wealthy people in the room that he's talking to that might actually have a big house, uh, but he is he is looking through the eyes of himself and through the eyes of Debbie who who longed to be in heaven, uh, and and so it's just one one of those. Uh, one of those beautiful, poignant lines that, that Denver had that, that moved me in the book and also moved, I hope, will move as they watch the film. Has Ron seen the film? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what was his reaction? And, uh, it, I've, you know, I was able to be there when he, when he first watched the cut and, and was actually just in Fort Worth uh, where he watched it, uh, you know, in front of a lot of his family and friends and he says he's he's embarrassed in some ways and 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 super proud in other ways because it's again authentic storytelling that shows his flaws uh but he's super grateful that this story uh is is impacting people at the book level and hopefully impact will impact people uh, as they enter the theater on October 20th yeah and i mean what are, are some of your hopes for the reception of the film? I mean, like, how do you, I, I mean, I, I don't, I've never, I've never produced a film. 
I don't know. I mean, on the production end, like, <laughs> is is it a waiting? Game? I mean, are, are, are you, do you sit there and wait for reviews? Are you sitting? I mean, are you numbers? I mean, what is it like between because you've put blood, sweat, and tears into a project like this, right? So what's the what's it like now in between? You know, what's the the unfolding of of something like that like on your end? <sighs> Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's one of it's one of those things that, you know, as a I would say as a film producer, you're sort of a, you know, lack of a better term, you're sort of a type A, you're driven, you know, and and you 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 get it done type of a person. And so uh there's so much that you can control um and there's a lot you can't control, but there's so much you can control in getting a movie made and and you know and you know uh, but when it comes to what opening weekend looks like, that's the thing that you just literally uh, – you have zero control. You can't make people show up uh, to and, – and you can't – there's no way to communicate how important this film is uh, and, and why they should be there. So you just – yeah, you're at, you're at the, the mercy of, of – what you know what does that weekend look like and in the first weekend is so pivotal for these kind of films uh to to get an audience and gain some some great word of mouth traction uh so so i just remain sort of surrendered in that 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 weekend is going to be a great weekend but i can't make somebody in philadelphia or Jacksonville or LA even I can't even make my neighbor go see the film so uh, <laughs> even if I even if I bought the ticket I want to take a brief moment to ask you a quick question do you like this podcast do you enjoy it do you look forward to listening to it while you do a morning afternoon or evening routine or while you're exercising or while you're caught frustrated in traffic do you tune into it because of the conversations you find here gracious conversations characterized by a particular combination of wit, empathy, reflection, and human understanding. If the answer to the aforementioned questions is yes, or even just a solid maybe, would you do something for me? Would you consider becoming a Patreon sponsor of the podcast for just five bucks a month or more? It's for a good cause. You can help this podcast and one of the many others I do keep going and you can help launch several other podcasts, projects I've got in the works. Being a Patreon sponsor is really just you being a patron of an art form you enjoy and are passionate about. So I invite you to be a patron through Patreon of this, which I think is an art form you're enjoying and will continue to enjoy. Again, any contribution is welcome, but for five bucks a month, you will get a shout out on the thank you roll call, which begins right now. Thank you, David and Winona Babico, Michael Butera, Peter Stegenwald, Samantha Blythe, Sari Graham, Jordan and Danny Morseberger, Josh Redder, Ellis Brazil, and David Zoll. If you want to join these patrons through Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash Scott Kent Jones. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the show. Do you think, as a film producer, is there something about the, the direction of media culture where does the serial drama change your view of film production? Because it seems like the watercolor thing, you know, has become like, like serial dramas have become, you know, I, if you were to told me Holly Berry would act on CBS, like on a in a sci-fi serial drama, I'd be like, you're kidding me. People are never going to go from screen to television, but, but like this sort of streaming home stuff, is that a challenge as somebody in film production Oh, I, I think, yeah, look, the, the, you know, as 
the film industry is a challenge and it's always changing. And so, uh, we, we just have to be, uh, nimble in our, in our thinking and certain projects, you know, may not need to go to the big screen and, you know, but other, other projects, you know, probably, um, you know, it's the best place to start to gain, you know, serious traction. So, but yeah, it, def- it definitely creates challenges and we just have to be nimble in, in how we uh, approach the, the market and how we approach the business of filmmaking. Is part of this still the draw of the big screen? Well, even as it gets more expensive to buy a ticket and kind of things like that, it's still like, it, it's still the shared experience of seeing something on a big screen together. It's a lot different than seeing it even on a high resolution screen in your home, right? I mean, there's something about the experience of the cinema that's 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 not really you can't replicate it anywhere. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I just went to a, a Dodgers baseball game with my two boys um, the other night. The last the last um, regular season game for the Dodgers, and you know, it was uh, it was heretics for my boys. We had never I'd never taken them to a professional game, and it was it was something that you you just can't get sitting in your living room. And I think that the theater is the same way, except it's cheaper to go to the theater uh, than to go to the to the Dodgers game, you know, uh, and and pay twenty five dollars just to park, and and then you you pay you know uh, eight bucks for a hot dog and all all that kind of stuff. Uh, so the the theatrical film experience, um, you know, with a community is is always going to be important. Uh, because there's just nothing like it. When did you know you wanted to make movies? Well, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I, I got in front of the camera early, probably starting about 19, and that's where that's where the journey really started. Uh, was being in front of the camera, and then and then I realized I was I was fairly bored being in front of the camera and I was watching all the stuff going on around. And I was like, Oh, that, that is actually looks more exciting than me standing here waiting uh, for that camera to turn on. So, um, so I, I think it, it wasn't too far into sort of being in front of the camera that I started out. What does it look like to, uh, actually be behind the camera? Um, and then, uh, moved to Hollywood almost uh, a little over 20 years ago. To, to actually pursue making movies. And how do you, I mean, like, where do you start and end up at producer? Like, I mean, at what, like, what, at what level, like, you know, how do you get, like, you know, you know, how do you, producer sounds like the high end of the food chain in the, in, in, in the process. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, look, you, you start like in any business. You start as a production assistant, which is the, uh, a lot of times you're not even paid you're, you're, you're volunteering just to be on the crew and just to learn. So I, I'm, I'm in that, in some regards, I'm no different than anybody else. I, I started, uh, and, and sort of working my way up and decided that being on the producer side was fit more of my skill set than being on the director side. So I went, I went that direction. And so, um, and was fortunate just a few years into my, into my uh, career to produce my first film in, in 1999, and and that that started uh, kickstarted, you know my my career getting that first film produced where you have that producer title says hey uh, it's no it's no longer just a dream 
something is a reality is happening and um, I've been fortunate to produce a a lot of stuff uh, along the way and same kind of difference me is that um, is that passion project that along the way while I've produced other films has been that one that I'm going I got to continue fight to get that one made because because it's so important for um, for the country for the world the timing of the story the themes yeah, because I mean, I do think that you're right. I mean, there's the, the, there's a power to this sort of the, the despite that the, I mean, the title says all right. It's this kind of the difference at the exterior of people in their lives, you know. But there's really you know only so many themes in the human story, right? Like there, there's more solidarity than distinction. If you think about, it. I wonder. One of the things that I think is is great about the film is there are deep religious and spiritual films, but it's not overly preachy, and it's also very real. It's not Pollyannish. I mean, it's it's uh, it, well, it's a true story. <laughs> Actually, it looks like real life. Is 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 the danger of some religious films sort of? I guess it's 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 sort of the danger of any film that goes heavy handed with the message. If the message overwhelms the story, well. Um... You know, I think I think a lot of films that are targeted at the faith audience they start they start with a message. What's the message we want to communicate, and then they try to wrap a story around that to communicate that message. And the great the great thing about a true story, which is really the heart of, of the kind of films that I'm producing, the great thing about a true story is that the the themes. Uh, or, or you know, messages. Um, they are organic to the story, and that's what draws me to them. I, I think they're 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 clear and they're beautiful and they're powerful and they're moving. It's the, you know, it's a more palatable way to communicate important themes. Um, yeah, so that's that's just how I how I view it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when when the when the when the message emerges from or from the reality of the story, there's something about that you don't feel manipulated, right? Like, or sometimes like, and it, whether it's religious or not, it, it may be a political theme or something. It, if if you feel ma- manipulated as a viewer, if you feel like I, I, somebody's on their soapbox and I, I'm I paid to sit and hear it, I, I think that's when people probably take the film less seriously, right? Yeah, yeah, that that's correct. Uh, yeah, we've we've all we've all been there, uh, in with different films where we're like, I I just paid fifteen dollars for that, and I'm not sure why um, I did that. But yes, uh, and my my hope is that I don't I don't make those kind of films <laughs> um, that that no one ever has to uh, is that is that no one ever walks out of the theater feeling that way from my film. Is there an- another like passion project like on the horizon now that you've gotten to do something that you've set your heart on for a while? I mean, is there is there another one on the horizon? Uh, you know, I've been so fortunate. I, I actually have two films in post production that will come out in 2018. Um, and you know, and I, I think one of the things that I want to make sure it's clear: every project uh, becomes a passion project because they they require so much work and effort and. Um, yeah, you know, and then the same kind of difference as me is just one that uh, that that took me a lot longer to figure out, and 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 uh, maybe I'm just getting, you know, maybe just maybe I'm getting a little wiser uh, as I grow in my career, and it's not taking me quite as long. Uh, but I, yeah, so I have um, several passion projects that are, you know, that I'm 
deep into. Uh, one one is called Northern Lights, which is an incredible true story um, uh, about a uh, about a, a, an, an unlikely friendship between a woman in Jacksonville, Florida, and a woman in Barrow, Alaska, and how they come together to help their boys. Um, and uh, and some incredible woman in Jacksonville, Florida, helps put in a football stadium for these kids in Barrow, uh, who unfortunately their their lives look like they're they're going to go to high school and then they're going to become whalers, um, and the dropout rate is incredibly high and suicide and prison and all those kind of things. But uh, from this miraculous story, uh, the the high school graduated 100% of the kids last year and some just phenomenal things have happened around the, 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 the city of Barrow, Alaska. Um, but that's one that is, is I would say, fairly imminent. Some things are, are heating up and and I'm passionate about it. So it's sort of a, it's sort of blindside meets field of dreams. Uh, it's also a, a true story. How did you uh, find out about that story? Like, has to, uh, so, you know, the, that story has, you know, ESPN discovered it. And so ESPN was doing a news, news stuff around it. Actually, um, you know, did uh, some of their ESPN 360 stuff around the, the football team. And then fortunately a, uh, you know, a woman um, went and got the life rights and put that together and brought me on to produce the film. So uh, we're we're in the middle of putting together the financing and securing an incredibly uh, talented director, which I, I won't name yet. Uh, but um, I'm I'm passionate about that project. Um, I also have a couple other projects which I'm. Which uh, I'll just say, both of them have a, a Latino feel with U.S. appeal, and um, and uh, and true stories. Uh, uh, one is about uh, Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer, and uh, uh, Caesar. You, um, you may, if, even if you don't have dogs or, or love I have dogs, two rescue. I have two rescue pit bulls. I, I, I'm a huge dog lover. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know Caesar's uh, Caesar's story is incredible because he he came from Mexico chasing the American dream, and when he caught the American dream, he he really lost his life um, because he he himself um, sort of lost focus on on what it was like to relate to human beings. He was so so focused on dogs and becoming the greatest dog guy in the world, and of course he is built a brand around that um and then ultimately um you know he lost all of that lost his family and, and tried to commit suicide um and then fortunately this story is a story of redemption where we're in restoration where he comes out of that and and has been able to to uh reconnect with with human beings and now he now he trains people uh, to train their dogs, and so he's more focused on on on, on the human being than on the dog itself um, in just his own his own journey. So that that's that's one that I'm super passionate about, and uh, we're putting together right now. We have an amazing writer, Jose Rivera, uh, who is writing that project. So that's those are you know those are. Have you gotten to know Caesar Milan through the project? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I've I've gotten to know Caesar. Uh, he is he is a an amazing guy, quite gregarious, and um, 
Uh, in fact, if you go look on my on my uh, IMDb, you can see see pictures of me and me and Caesar. So he's a he's a he's a fun guy. He, he he's a, he's a fun guy, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to tell his story. No, same kind of different as me. You've got some big actors and actresses. You've got Renee Zellweger, Greg Kinnear, Dijman uh, Hunsu, John Voight. I mean, these are some big name stars. Uh, I mean, as yeah. as as somebody that's just a movie watcher, I mean, that seems like is that hard to get like big name a bunch of big name stars, especially in a film that's not you know. Yeah, this isn't like a Transformers three or yeah. You know, I, I th- somebody was on Bill Maher. They were saying every 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 film seems to be something man and a number like Iron Man six or you know like was that challenging to get to, to hey to sell the actors on on the story? Um, look, it's 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 always challenging to get actors uh, to respond to your story for you know for all kind of reasons. One, whether the the offer is not big enough. Uh, to a lot of times you find that uh, an actor says, oh, I already played a similar role when I did that movie. And so they're always looking for something fresh. And so actors, you catch them um, just in the, in the part of their journey where they're looking for something that's similar to your movie. That's where you, that's where you, you catch an actor that says, hey, I want to do that. Um, you know, and so uh, for, for uh, Jaiman Hansu, who plays Denver, um, uh, you know, his agent called me and, and says, Hey, Jaiman would, would love to meet with you and talk about this, um, talk about your project. He loves, uh, he loves this Denver character. And when I sat with Jaiman, uh, he, uh, he shared the fact that he himself, uh, was homeless on the streets of uh, France. Uh, and mm. so he deeply, you know, connected to the character and, uh, and he, Obviously, he's known for Blood Diamond and Amistad and Gladiator, and uh, and this was a new type of a character for him. And so, um, you know, sometimes uh, it, it goes the opposite way, and actors uh, chase you to, for a role. And that, and I was very fortunate uh, to get Jaiman to uh, to come on board that way. So, the, the, in the media now, just our political and cultural climate. I mean, you hear the term "Hollywood elites" thrown around. I mean, you, you just there's this kind of like it's it 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 it's just ubiquitous terms like that. I mean, what kind of misconceptions yeah. do you think the average American has about Hollywood, about the filmmaking culture? I mean, because it just becomes this media kind of tagline, right? I mean, is it is it is is that is there a lot that's misconstrued in the sort of popular telling of of the tale? Yeah, I, I I think so. You know, I mean, you think about Renee Zellweger, who uh, she's won an Academy Award. Uh, she's been in huge movies from Jerry Maguire to to Cold Mountain to Bridget Jones, baby. I mean, uh, and uh, Renee Zellweger is um, is an every woman from Texas, and uh, and just reserved and and very chilled, and um, just sort of you know just happens to be just an incredibly insanely talented actress uh, and uses those uses those gifts to, to bless the world with, with her with her talent um, uh, but I you know I think there I think there are a lot of people who are just regular people that that love they just happen to be good at what they do 
and the media the media likes to do what the media does and make them out to be some some elite um and uh they're just they're just doing their best uh using the using their skills so that's that's my that's my perception of it what's the one thing as somebody who's like on the inside of the film industry that you think the average film watcher if they knew it would come to a deeper appreciation of of, of the art form and the, and the entertainment experience of watching movies um <laughs> Wow, I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not positive. Uh, you know, I know how to answer that. You know, all I, all I can do is speak for same kind of different as me and say that uh, this project was put together uh, with so much love and care and, and appreciation for the story, um, from the casting to how we shot it um, to how we're to how we're marketing the film. I mean, on the the movie opens on the twentieth, but on the eighteenth, uh, there are one hundred and seventy five missions across the country, rescue missions across the country, putting on red carpet events, uh, and this film will be used to uh, to bring awareness to the less fortunate. And so, from 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 this experience of same kind of difference, as me, uh, I would want the audience to know that this film. Uh, is not just my passion project, but it's been a passion project of a lot of people and, and in people that I don't even know are picking up the torch, so to speak, and making it a passion project in their community and, and using it for good. So, uh, I think when you see, when you see same kind of difference as me, those are, I think you would, you would enjoy it more if you, if you knew those kind of things. Yeah, and there's a beautiful line in the film when, Denver says to Ron, he, he brings Ron, uh, Denver, two plates of food. And, um, and, De- he, and then he realizes he's getting two plates mm-hmm. from this homeless vet, Vietnam veteran. And yeah. he says, you know, when you give a man food, a homeless man food, what do you think you're doing? He says, I don't know. I think I, I'm helping. He says, no, the guy's still homeless. What you're saying is you're not invisible. Yeah. And, and I thought that was so yeah. powerful because that's anybody in in suffering right and pain particularly if you're in the margin of society like the invisibility you know is 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 so dehumanizing right when no one can see it's like ralph Ellison's book, the invisible man and, and this film really does uh serve that purpose i mean it's a beautiful story that makes visible um yeah not just homelessness but you know the the the, the broken and yet hopeful nature of the human condition yeah you know I, you're you're so right i i I think that that that's one of the things that's important to me, and you know, from and it really stemmed from reading the book that I, you know, when I read the book, we my wife and I lived in Santa Monica, and Santa Monica uh, happens to be a place where where a lot of homeless people live, um, and it, it just changed the way that I uh, you know I no longer just walked by homeless people, uh, I stopped, I talked, I. I listened. I, you know, did did what I could to help, um, and uh, you know, it, it. I think I think that's super important. If people can walk away from the film and just realize that that people aren't invisible. They are they are real human beings. That they didn't they didn't ask to be there. Uh, life just went against them in a lot of ways, and they ended up there. Um, so. 
Darren, thanks for talking with me. I hope lots and lots of people walk away from the film with that sense uh, because I hope lots and lots of people see it. It's a great film. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, appreciate you uh, having me on your, your podcast. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Give and Take. If you like what you heard, please do a couple things for me. They are so helpful if you do them. Share this interview on social media or via email or tag someone in a tweet or something and say, hey, this is great. Check it out. Spread the love and goodness if you found it here. Also, if you could go, please, 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 it takes like 60 seconds. Go to iTunes and write a review and give a, give a rating to the podcast. It really, really helps, especially as things are getting off the ground. And if you want to consider becoming a Patreon sponsor, you can just go right to the link on the podcast page, giveandtake.fireside.fm. You can find all the information there. Thanks to Darren for coming on the podcast. And please go see Same Kind of Different as Me. It premieres October 20th at a theater near you. And thank you again for listening. Until next time, friends, fare thee well. <laughs>